Thanks for checking out the Church RC podcast today. If you're new to the Church RC or want to learn more about us, you can always check us out online simply by going to thechurchrc.com. Or we'd love for you to stay connected throughout your week and everywhere you go with the Church RC app, available for free wherever you download your apps. Now here's Pastor Brian Sparks. Romans 7, 15. I'm just going to read verse 15. We're, we're going to just do this because I don't have a lot of time. For what I am doing, I do not understand. For what I will to do, that I do not practice. But what I hate, that I do. Lord, right now we thank you for the word of God. We thank you that it's sharper than any two-edged sword. We thank you that every ear and here is open receptive to hear your word. Lord, they didn't come to hear a word from man. They've come to hear a word from you. And so, Lord, right now, I pray that you would speak to the hearts of your people. Let every life be changed. Let no one leave the same in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. How many of you in here have a habit? Come on, you say, I have a habit. Raise your hand. Yeah, okay. Everybody in here, I'm gonna just ask again. who, Who in here has a habit? Raise your hand. Okay, if you didn't raise your hand, your habit is lying. You have a bad habit of lying, and you need to get that checked out, okay, because that's bad. Because every hand should go up. When when somebody asks, how many in here have, have a habit? Because the truth is, is that we all have habits, right? We all have habits. We Some of them are good. Some of them are not so good, and some of them are just flat out bad, right? They're just bad habits. And, and uh, you know, I have a bad habit. Um, I'm just going to open up and just let you all know about it right now. My bad habit is I chew my fingernails. People go, do you know where your fingernails have been? I don't know where they've been, but they're delicious. <laughs> I tried to quit one time and I bought press-on nails, you know, thinking that I'll just... They look so good, I just started eating them right out of the box. Just kidding. But no, I, I, I don't know when it started, but when I was a kid, I started chewing my fingernails. I, didn't know, I don't know what made me start doing it, and it got so bad that I ran out of fingernails that I just started chewing my, on the skin on my thumbs and pulling the... And so I, that, it's just like a bad habit, right? That's a bad habit. It's not something that you should do. Uh, and, uh, and I don't know when it started, but it was just one of those things that I always have done. And I tried to quit a few times and it just seems like it doesn't work. My parents, when I was young, they were good parents. And so they like, hey, this is a bad habit. You need to stop doing this. And so they tried everything, swatting my hand every time I would go to bite my nails. They would try a lot of different things. One time they bought some uh, special uh, nail polish that was clear that tasted horrible. And it was made specifically to get you to quit biting your fingernails. And they put that on. Well, I was so stubborn that I would just lick it all off. Looking back, I was like, why didn't I just wash my hand? But uh, I would lick it all off real quick so that I could enjoy chewing my fingernails, right? Get all the bad taste off one moment and then enjoy chewing my fingernails once again. The thing about bad habits though, now my son chews his fingernails. That's when it becomes, uh-oh, oops, right? But, we, but, he, but maybe you don't have a bad habit of chewing your fingernails. Maybe your bad habit is maybe you smoke. Maybe you dip. Come on. Maybe you uh, spend too much money. 
And maybe you binge watch Netflix. It's a bad habit. Maybe, uh, maybe you drink a little too much every now and then. Maybe, maybe your bad habit is, is you, you know, you, there's, there's all kinds of bad habits. There's all kinds of things that we can do in our life. And, but I just want you to know this. And, and you're like, oh man, I, I told somebody that I was preaching on habits and they were like, oh gosh, like, <laughs> like that's a bad thing. But, but here's the thing is that if you have a bad habit in this place, I want you to know you're in good company. And, and I love this because we, we uh, here the Apostle Paul is. Now, here's a man that wrote over half the Bible. And he's telling us this. He goes, you know what? The things that I know that I shouldn't do, that's what I do. Right? He's just having a moment where he opens up. And I just want to encourage you in this place that if you have a bad habit, if you have something that you know that you shouldn't be doing, if you have something that you go, man, I, I really need to change this in my life, can I just tell you this? That if you have a bad habit, you're in good company. Because not only are the people around you, have, they probably have a bad habit, but Paul, a man that God used to write half the New Testament, says this that I still got some areas in my life that I have bad habits that I need to work on. But the deal is, is that it doesn't, you, you have to acknowledge that you have bad habits. You don't act like they're not there. Well, I can quit anytime I want. Well, why hadn't you quit? You know what a great practice to find out if it's a bad habit or not? Is if you say, oh, I, I can quit anytime I want. Stop doing it for 30 days. I guess that'll tell you if it's a bad habit or not, right? Because here's the thing about habits. We form them over time, and over time they form us. We form the habit over time, because come on, you keep doing it, and then over time it begins to form us. You know, Stephen Covey says this, habits are powerful factors in our lives because they are consistent, often unconscious patterns that constantly, daily express our character and produce our effectiveness or our ineffectiveness. Habits are powerful. I love this old saying, it says this, sow a thought, reap an action. Sow an action, reap a habit. Sow a habit, reap a character. Sow a character, and you'll reap a destiny. Habits make a difference in our life. Good habits, there's bad habits, there's things that we shouldn't do, there's things that we should do more of. And here's the thing is that most of you are only thinking about your bad habits. Most of you are only thinking about the things in your life that you need to change. But I'll say this, that if bad habits can change your life for the worse, then I would say the opposite is also true. That means that good habits can change your life for the better. And sometimes we need to stop focusing on everything that we're doing wrong. And we need to say, God, I'm going to focus on some things that I need to start doing right. Philippians 3.13 says this. Paul, again, says, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. Come on, we just know that thing that I don't want to do, I do. I don't consider myself to be perfect. But one thing I do is I'm forgetting what is behind me and I strain towards what's ahead of me. 
In other words, I'm going to forget the things that I've made, the mistakes that I've made, the faults, my failures, all of those things. And I'm going to look to the future of what God wants to do in me. Today, I want to talk to you on the subject, seven life-changing habits. Seven life-changing habits. You're going, it ain't even New Year's, brother. I'm just giving you a head start. Huh? You don't do those in, in, at New Year's anyway. You make New Year's resolutions and then by Friday you're done. So, so hey, here's the thing. Seven habits that'll change your life. Now, I just want you to know that these, some of these are going to seem really simple. And you're going to go, that's easy. Well, I would just say this, then do it. If it's really that simple, then just do it. And, and, and I, I know there's people, I, I have people that come up to me and they'll say, hey, Brian, you know, I just need you to preach some more revelation. I need you to preach some heavy stuff. I need some heavy revy. And I'm telling you right now, if that's what you want, if you want, want me to preach on the end times and when Jesus is coming back and all of that stuff, probably not going to happen. I mean, I might every now and then, but I'm not going to do it on a regular basis. Why? Because I like to put the cookies on the bottom shelf because I want everybody to get some. And that includes me, right? I, 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 I want to know how to live a life that God has called me to live. And so that's what we're going to talk about. Seven habits that will change your life. Number one, you ready? Come on. Are you ready? Number one, daily Bible reading. That's easy. And why aren't you doing it? Daily Bible reading. Psalm 119 verse 105 says this. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Daily Bible reading. Now, and when I say daily Bible reading, I mean not just one verse. And now if you're doing one verse a day, that's good. But I'm talking about actually taking a little bit of time to spend time in God's word. That might look different for every one of you. It might be three minutes for somebody. It might be 30 minutes for another. It might be three hours for another. I'm not here to tell you how much time. I'm just saying make daily Bible reading a priority. The other day I was putting together some Ikea furniture for my wife. I'm still working through it. I need deliverance, I think. But because here's the thing is that if you've never put together Ikea furniture, just thank God. But... um, (laughs) It's amazing that we're still married as much Ikea furniture as I put together. Not because I've had to put it together, because she's had to hear me complain about it. And, uh, but but it, they, they, for those of you that don't know, you could get this box, and it's a small little box, but in that box contains 8 million pieces. I don't even know how they fit it all in. It's like this little tiny box, and you unravel it, and your whole living room is covered in parts. And, and I was like, okay, well, so I'm putting together this furniture and, and I'm getting everything organized because I'm an organizer because I want to have all the little wooden pegs in one little section and I want to have all the little screws in one section. I, and I just organize all these piles out and I have all the pieces together and then I realize something that I don't have the instruction manual. And I'm not like most men probably because I am not tackling this without an instruction manual. So I immediately went back to the box, started digging around until I found the instructions. Because the only thing that I could think of that would be more frustrating than putting together Ikea furniture is putting together Ikea furniture without a manual. Without instructions on how to actually do it, right? I can't think of it. And most of you in this place would say, yeah, I would never try to put together a piece of furniture without looking at the instructions first. But here's the thing is a lot of people are trying to put their lives together without looking at the manual of the God who created you. 
Somebody said one time, oh, you know what Bible stands for? It's basic instructions before leaving earth. No, there's nothing basic about the Bible. It's every detail in your life that you need. I'm telling you right now that I have read this book more times than I can count. And every time when I'm reading it, it reads me. Because the Bible says this, that it's living, it's active. And that means that as I'm going through a situation, maybe I never saw it before, but a verse jumps out at me and it's exactly what I need for that moment. Can I tell you something? The daily Bible reading will impact your life. It's instructions and there's gonna be times and you go, that doesn't fit in with the way I think. That ain't how I was raised. That, that doesn't line up with the way that I think. And it's gonna challenge you. And you're gonna go, well, wait, why, God, why do you say that that peace goes there? Can I just tell you, you don't, sometimes you don't have to understand it and you just start going, okay, God, if this is what you said in your word, then this peace goes here. And if this is what you said, then this peace goes here. And I promise you, as you begin to take his principles and apply them to your life, and even if it doesn't make sense, you continue to do it on a daily basis. I promise you at the end of your life, you will be way more functional than if you just try to wing it. Daily Bible reading. See, here's the thing. The, the word of God is seed. The Bible says this, that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now, to be a Christian in this world, it takes faith, right? You're going to have th- things come up. There's going to be situations, and it takes faith to live this Christian life. And the word of God is seed. Now, can I just tell you that you can have the greatest soil on the planet. I could go out and I could till up and make the best garden that you could ever, but until I plant seed, nothing will grow. Are you with me? Until I plant seed, nothing will grow. And some of you are working on yourself, but you're not planting seed. And if you'll just begin to open up God's word every day, there might be sometimes that you get something amazing and there are sometimes you just go, I'm just reading God's word. But every day I'm planting seed in the soil of my heart because I know that one day I'm gonna reap something out of it. Daily Bible reading sounds simple, but it'll change your life. Second thing is prayer. A daily practice of prayer. Now, I'm not going to preach on this a long time because I just did a whole message on it not too long ago, but I do want to just kind of touch on it, and it's too important of a subject not to mention. When I'm talking about habits that will change your life, prayer is one of those habits that will change your life. Now, here's the thing is is that you get to a place to where you say, now, now let me ask you a question. If you were in this place and you had Donald Trump's number, his personal cell phone number, how many of y'all would pick up the phone and give him a call and be like, hey, Donald, Some of you would give him an earful. Huh? Some of you would be like, hey, I'm freaking out a little bit about this North Korea thing. Right? Some of you would be like, hey, you got plenty of money. Why don't you hook me up? Because I got bills to pay, Donald. Right? I don't know anybody that could, if somebody handed you Donald Trump's number, that would not use it at some point in some time. Now, let me ask you a question. If you'll use 
the number of somebody who leads the free world, why wouldn't you use the number that God has given you? And that's just prayer and saying, God, I come to you. And now what happens is immediately you have an audience with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Immediately you have the audience of God who created you immediately. Prayer is powerful. Now here's a few things. I'm just gonna touch on it and then I gotta move on because I got a long way to go. Number one, just about prayer. Don't make it complicated, make it conversation. Thou, O Lord, art holy and thine will be done. No, don't make it complicated, make it conversation. God, I need some help. God, would you lead me? Would you guide me? Would you help me? Would you give me wisdom? Right? It's just conversation. It's amazing when you just come in and you have conversation. You don't have to make it complicated. Just make it conversation. Number two, don't just pray about what you need. Pray about others' needs. Don't just make it about you, what I need. God, I need a new car. God, I need a new house. God, I pray for... Lord, I pray for my friends. Lord, they, I pray for their baby. You just begin to pray about others' needs. You don't just make it about yourself. And the last thing I tell you about prayer, obviously I could tackle this for a long time, but I'm just gonna give you three little things, right? Cookies on the bottom shelf. Number three, don't talk all the time. Take some time to listen. You ever have somebody that just talks all the time and doesn't let you get a word in edgewise? I think that's the way most of our, us are with God. We go in and we say, God, I need this. We sound like an auctioneer. Right? We go off for however long it is that we go off, and then all of a sudden we, we go, okay, I'm done. And then we walk out. And God's like, wait a minute. I got something to say too. Come on, I, I want to speak to you. Well, how do I know it's God's voice when it doesn't sound like you? That doesn't sound like something I would do at all. Probably God. Right? It's probably God. So here's the deal, is that, that just take time to listen. Don't just speak all the time and say, God, what are you saying? What are you speaking? Amen? Number three, this is going to be popular. Number three, regular church attendance. Regular church attendance. Are you with me? Now, I know I'm not preaching to you because you're all here. But there's somebody that needs to hear this. And so I'm going to go ahead and say it. It's a habit that will change your life. Hebrews 10.25 says this, Not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together, as is the manner or habit of some, but exhorting one another and so much more, huh, when we see the day approaching. Now here's the thing is that church is important. In our lives. Well, I have church under a tree. No, you have you under a tree. Church is important. It's important. And, and here's the writer of Hebrews is saying this. Don't fail the, the assembling together of one another. It's important for you to come together. There's something powerful. I had somebody tell me, man, I love listening to the podcast during the week when I can't miss it. But there's something powerful about being in the room and hearing the message and being with people. There's just something about it that I don't pick up on a podcast. There's something about it. And that's the way God, God uses that. He uses the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. He set up the church. I didn't set it up. He's the one that laid it out. It's important. I know that, but, but here's the thing is, is that they say 
Statistics say this, that the average Christian only goes to church once every three weeks. Once every three weeks. Now, let me ask you this question. If you only ate once every three weeks, how healthy would you be? If you only went to the gym once every three weeks, how fit would you be? So why in the world, if you know the answer to those are, I would not be healthy and I would not be fit, why in the world would you think I can go to church once every three weeks and I can live the God and uh, the kind of life that God has called me to live and I can be the kind of Christian that God has called me to be and I can do all of the things that I'm, I'm gonna have faith and it's gonna be amazing and it's gonna be incredible. The reason why you're frustrated is because you're anemic. And you need to get into a church where there's a body of Christ, people that help you in every situation. And sometimes you're praying for an answer that's in the local church. God, I need friends. Guess what? You got 700 of them right here. Huh? God, I need help moving. Nope, not happening. (laughs) Go, Go to another church. I'm just kidding. But here's the thing is, is that God answers prayers, your prayers through people. The church is important. It's so important. Now, I know what you're saying. You're going, well, let me just say this. I only miss church twice. And that's when I'm on vacation. I know I'm not spiritual. I think Miss Cherie would go to church even on vacation. But, But I wouldn't go to church. I don't go to church on vacation. I'm just on vacation. I'm relaxing. The second time is when I'm too sick to go. If I'm throwing up, I'm not going to go. Why? Because I don't want to get you sick. So if you're really sick, stay home, please. Nobody wants that junk. God can heal you from home. Right? That's the only two times. Well, Brian, that's, you get paid to come to church. That's your job. Can I just tell you this? That I made weekly church attendance a priority long before it was my job. When I was working in a lumber yard, I wasn't getting paid and I was still in church every Sunday and Wednesday. Come on. I used to go to church when it was Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday. You got Tuesday prayer meeting. Like we had church all the time. But, but here's the thing is that, that, I, that when I was in a lumber yard, when I was a firefighter paramedic, I would work a 24-hour shift, be up all night. I'm too tired. I would be up all night. I would have to stand in the back of the church because if I sat down, I'd fall asleep. But I'm standing in the back of the church, come drive an hour and a half to be at church and I'm listening to the word of God. Why? Because my kids are there, my wife is there and it's for me and my house, we're gonna serve the Lord. Church is not not an option, it's something that I feel like is so important. And I know this, that week in and week out, sometimes you're gonna come in and I'm gonna preach something and you're going, man, you're preaching right to me, you're speaking right to my heart. And sometimes you're gonna come in and go, no, I'm good, but I can guarantee you the time that you miss is the word that you needed for the season that you may be going into. Regular church, here's the thing. I don't go to church because it's my job. I go to church because it's my habit. And if I wasn't a pastor, guess what? You'd find me in church. 
I would be serving in church. Why? Because I know church is important. Here's the thing. is by, The Bible says that he changes us from glory to glory. And one of the ways that he does that is by going to church and hearing a message. I, you want to you be different? You want to change? You're going, man, my life. I dare you. I dare you to commit one year to the church where I'm going to go to church. I know there's times work has you away. I know that those things, but I, if I'm at home, if I'm at, and everything is, I, I'm going to church. Not if, not if I feel like it, not if I'm not tired. Oh, I'm stepping on some toes. I like it. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. Huh? I'm talking about even if I don't feel like it, that's probably when you need church. You got a bad attitude. You need to go to church. Church will change you. I, I, I always tell everybody, my wife is married to a new man every two years. Why? Because God is constantly changing me. Not just changing you, he's changing, changing me. Get in church, make it a priority. It's a habit that will change your life. Number four. You good? Number four, be generous. Make a habit of generosity. Oh, now I know what you're saying. Oh, here's a preacher talking about money again. I'm not even talking about tithing. I'll preach about that some other time. I'm talking about living a lifestyle of being generous. I love what Proverbs says in the message translation. Proverbs 11:24 says this. The world of the generous gets larger and larger, but the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. You know, I, here's the deal, is that whenever I say be generous, I'm saying look for opportunities to be generous to other people. Look for, here's the deal, is that I see your post on Facebook and you're selling those shoes you ain't worn in eight years. You just pulled out of the closet and you got them on Facebook for $2. Come on. And you're carrying a Louis Vuitton purse. Now, if you need the money to pay your bills, I I say absolutely do what you got to do. But I'll say this, that that $2 would be much better sown into the kingdom to say, you know what? I'm blessed to be a blessing. And those shoes that I haven't worn, you know what? You can have them. I don't, if you want them, you got them. I'm always looking for opportunities to be generous to people. Why don't you just look for things? Buy somebody coffee. Take donuts to work because you want your coworkers fatter than you anyway. Come on. (laughs) Makes you feel good about yourself. Girl, you're getting chunky. You bring donuts. I know, but I ain't partaking. I'm just getting you fat. Huh? Always looking for ways to be generous. Always looking. I'm always looking for an opportunity. I'm always saying, God, everything that I have is you. And I'll just say this, that there are times in my life when I'm generous and I don't want to be generous. I've given things away that I don't want to give away. One, an example of that was the other day I had, I had a, somebody had given me a Mont Blanc pen. I would never buy a $400 pen, but that's a $400 pen. It was awesome. It was amazing. I was, it was like something that I loved. I took notes with it. It's just a nice pen somebody had given to me. And I was with a pastor who was struggling financially. And God said, I want you to give that pen away. And I said, mm-mm. 
That's my pen. I like that pen. It's fancy, Lord. It's a Mont Blanc. I get to impress my friends with that pen. I want you to give that pen away because I want you to tell him that it's not always going to be this way. That I'm going to provide for him. And that one day, every time he writes with a $400 pen, I want him to know that one day finances aren't going to be an issue. See, here's the thing is everything in my life is God, you can have it all. God, I'm going to be generous with anything and everything I have. Live a lifestyle to be generous. How in the world is time already gone? Number five, we've got to go. Put others first. I just have so much fun with y'all. I'm having a good time up here. We can just stay all day. Y'all want to do that? All the people that are clapping, they're like, you better shut up. <laughs> We're going to lunch. Quit clapping. <laughs> Number five, I got to go. I'm going to move fast through these, but I want to get through them all. Number five, put others first. Make a habit of putting other people first. Here's the thing is life isn't about you. Life is about others. Life is, what, what if we lived our lives in such a way that we thought about other people's needs more than we thought about our own? What if we lived our lives always looking for how we could be a blessing to somebody else? What if we lived a life always looking to serve other people? See, here's the amazing thing about the kingdom of God is it works the opposite of what we think. The Bible says this, you want to be great? Serve. What? No, the world says you want to be great, you claw your way to the top. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says you want to be great, serve everybody. Put others first. Number six, make a habit of believing the best. Believing the best. Make a habit of being positive. Stop being negative about everything. Stop looking at everything like everyone and everything is against me. Stop looking like that. Why don't we start having, here's the thing is I know you're saying, oh, well, you know, you look at these posts on Facebook and oh, Nancy, she's so positive all the time. Why is she all, why? She just doesn't have any problems. No, she's made a decision. She's made a habit that I'm gonna be positive. And the reason why is because she understands something, that God is on my side. And if God is for me, who can be against me? And yeah, there's some things that happen in our lives and we go, I don't understand it. And this isn't good. This is a bad thing. But I know this, God, you are on my side. And if you're for me, who can be against me? So I believe that you're gonna turn it around for my good. I lost my job, but I believe that you're gonna give me a better one. Come on, my marriage is rocky, but I I believe that you're gonna heal our marriage. You're gonna restore us and we're gonna be stronger than ever. My kids aren't serving God, but they're gonna be serving God in church in love with Jesus all the days of their life. Why don't we just start being positive? Make a habit. A habit. Stop complaining. And I'll tell you this right now, I'm preaching to myself, church. I was listening to Joyce Meyer cruising down the road. I'm taking my kids to school. My wife is gone. I'm doing everything. I feel like I'm a chauffeur. Anybody else feel like a chauffeur for your kids? man get your license already they should give license out at 12 I feel like 12 is a good age 
driving my kids and, and I'm sitting here and I don't know what the world's wrong with people. They just don't know how to drive. And so I'm sitting there and I'm like, what are you doing? Would you just go? Like, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm doing this the whole way to, store, to, to school. My daughter's sitting in the front seat, Bear's in the back. And, and Joyce Meyer says this, how many, how many of you just spend your life complaining? And my daughter, she goes, yeah, dad, you've been doing that the whole way. Start believing the best. I need to do it too. Oh, they're just, they're just taking their time because they're just happy. They're not in a hurry because they don't have a job to go to. I don't know. What are you? What? Start believing the best. Number, number seven, I got to quit. Surrender. Mm, this one stings. Make a habit of surrender. Because the truth is, is that being a Christian isn't praying a prayer one time. Say, God, I surrender my life to you. And then walking out and living the way that you want to live. I know that's the way you want me to preach it, but that's not what Christianity is. The Bible says this, take up your cross daily. That means that daily, I have to make a decision that God, it's not about me and what I want. Not my will be done your will be done not what I want to do but what you want to do you you know it gets to be really complicated and a little bit difficult because there's times that you go I don't want to surrender I don't want I don't want to but it's saying this God I my life is not my own and so if you say I shouldn't watch that I surrender because I know you you have best things in my in mind for me God, if you say I shouldn't talk like that, I surrender. God, if you say that I should apologize, I surrender. God, if you say that I should serve others, I surrender. God, if you say that I should be generous, I surrender. I think a lot of us would sing the old hymn, I surrender all, would be more like if we were really honest, would say I surrender some. Some to thee. My precious Savior, I surrender some. But that's not the life that God has called us to live. God has called us to live a life that says, I completely surrender to you. I want your will done on this earth. God, use me to do what you've called me to do. I surrender my life to you because it's not about me. My life is now all about Seven habits will change your life. Amen. At the Church RC, we aim to help you encounter Jesus. If this ministry has blessed you in any way and you'd like to contribute financially, you can go online to thechurchrc.com slash giving. If you have a story to share about how God is moving in your life, send us an email at amen at thechurchrc.com. 